0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day that we can come together, dig into your word, learn more about who you are and what you want for us and even from us. Give us open hearts and open minds to receive your word and help me to faithfully Preach your word, move through me by your Holy Spirit. Let us come together as your church and know what it means to be your church. So, first of all, good morning. I'll start with one warning I did not sleep well last night. So if you hear any spoonerisms, the switching of words, that's one reason. If I have to stop for a moment and recollect my thoughts, that's the reason. And then another warning, I'm actually nervous to preach this message, because we are talking about the holiness of the church. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And I'm going to keep asking the question, what is life? Not so much what makes a thing living, but more who is living? How do we live? What does it look like? To have life. And what life? This will sound a little weird, but earlier in my life, I discovered peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And a few years ago, I was working at a school, and money was tight for us at the time, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to go out and eat. So, four or five days a week, I brought my lunch. And usually, it was peanut butter and jelly. Sandwich, sometimes sandwiches. Little sides here and there. Occasionally a glass of milk, or the little carton of milk from the school cafeteria. And you have to wonder, what does my telling you about my love for peanut butter and jelly, have to do with life. Well, in 1 Peter 2, verses 2 and 3, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And I tell you about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because... Even though, for the better part of four years, four or five days a week, I had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, there would be days I would get to the break room and go, man, I really want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes! (laughs) About PB&J. And I have to ask, church, do we do that with God's word? Do we wake up every day going, I can't wait to get into the Bible. I can't wait to draw near to my Lord and my God. Have you tasted the goodness of the Lord? And then we might think, what happened to verse 1? Why did I skip that? because verse 1 is a list of things that this life in this world offers. When it says so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Look around our world. We're in an election season. Read this list. How much of this do you see every day on the news? on social media, going to the grocery store. An earthly mind is focused on things such as malice, hatred towards somebody, deceit, hiding who you really are, or just lying, hypocrisy, saying, You're going to be doing one thing and doing the exact opposite. Envy, wanting what others have, wanting their status, wanting their stuff, wanting their job. Slander, saying bad things about people. So we ask what is life? Are we focused on hate, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, or are we focused on God's word, on God's love? Through a lot of this message today, you're going to be hearing things that Scott preached about two weeks ago, that Bill preached about last week. I listened to the whole book again this morning while I was getting ready for the day, And in the next couple of months, you're going to be hearing stuff that I say today come up again. And we ask, what is life? What does it mean to be focused on God's love, on his word? So we pick up again in verse 4. As you come to him, remember, reading the Bible is coming to God. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. There's a lot of poetic language right here, and a lot of it comes from Isaiah, and then there's some from Psalm 118, And the first question we ask okay, the builders? These were passages written to Israel. So, firstly, we see that Israel has rejected their God, the ones they were talking about throughout this entire Old Testament. But what is this stone? If you've been going to church for any amount of time, you know what the stone is. Because all of Scripture finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And for a lot of people throughout history, back then, even today, cornerstone, who really cares? Let's remember, Israel built the temple. What was their greatest pride? Were God's people... And where does God dwell? In the temple. Who built the temple? The Jews. And they rejected the first living stone for God's true temple. And what is Christ? This first stone, the cornerstone part of. He's the cornerstone of the church. And the church is all about community. We see here, it's a temple. It's a place people come. It is built in Zion. It is the place where God lives. We are a royal priesthood We are God's community. This community is built on the love God showed through Jesus. God created life in Genesis 1 through 2, especially in verse 2, 7. Verses, chapter 2, verse 7. Tired thing. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Our life comes from God. You can try Searching the entire world. Where are you going to find life? God. And yet, Genesis chapter 3. We took this life that God gave us, and we decided to go our own way. And all of us, every single human being since then, except for the perfect God-man, has done our own thing. We have broken God's law, we don't love him, we don't love other people, and though we mock and revile our creator, he came down to us in the person of Jesus Christ. God made flesh to take all of our mocking, all of our reviling. He took all of the violence we have against each other and against him on himself, He took on human life to offer that life as a payment for our disobedience. It's that really big fancy word, sin. But we all know what happened three days later. Jesus brought himself back to life. And he lives forever seated at the right hand of the Father. This is the cornerstone of the church. The God-man who gave up his life to give us a life of community and fellowship with him, with each other, for eternity. And we make up this new temple that Peter is talking about here. It's not of stones that can be worn down by wind and rain with chisels or hammers, but is made up of our bodies that will one day be glorified and never see corruption again because of Jesus Christ. And all we need to do to earn this eternal life, earn, is believe everything I just said about us and Jesus. We've messed up. We're horrible. We have spit in our God's face and that same God came to us to save us. This time it's not tired. (sighs) But we know people still reject him. We listen to those people who say that Christianity is a fairy tale, a myth that people made up. How could something this impossible be true? We listen to those who say the church has done nothing good for this world. They point to the Crusades and slavery, the rampant sex abuse cases from the past two decades that we've been hearing about. We listen to all of those who call Christianity the white man's religion saying it's only been spread because of white Europeans. And this is when I remind you of the warning I gave you before. This is a tough message. Because like I said, we look at our world. We're in an election year. And if you disagree with my candidate, you're not a real Christian. If you vote for that person, you're not a real Christian. If you think this politician is doing a good job, who are you? We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Where anxiety and fear is being peddled on a daily basis from all of our major news sources. Get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's everybody talking about? You have to wear a mask. You have to social distance. You can't go anywhere. We have states and countries saying you can't even go to church. Guess where we stand on that? We even have people like a certain New York governor who says, we will find a cure. There's no God needed. And we can debate the threat of this virus whether or not we should wear masks, statistics, and all of that later. But now we have, especially in our nation, another threat. Racial tensions are higher than they've been for a long time. Get online, turn on the news, hashtag Black Lives Matter. What do you hear? We should probably make a distinction. There is both this organic movement, people just flooding out into the streets, and then there's the actual organization that has chapters and leadership across the country and around the world. And I will say, Christian, we can't support the organization. Go to the website blacklivesmatter.com what we believe Christianity is the white man's religion. Reject it. Family. The way we see family. Two parents, kids, that's not how it's supposed to be. They want to get rid of biblical marriage and the family. They have an anti-biblical definition of gender and sexuality that they want to push They are unapologetically pro-choice, pro-abortion, that it is a fundamental right of humanity. And their leadership proudly tells everybody that they are Marxist. They want to see at least socialism, if not communism. The stuff that destroyed nations around the world and is inherently atheistic. And they say no one person can know the truth. And to say otherwise is another one of the greatest sins. But what about the average person going out protesting? Do they all believe that? Of course not. So, Christian, what do you hear from these people? Do you hear, I hate white people? Or do you hear, I turn around and I see my family being arrested. I turn around and I see my cousin shot. What's going on? They're saying there is systemic racism. And I'll tell you right now, there is. A lot of the laws on our books in this country were created to put minorities down, These are people who see a society that seemingly doesn't care about their well being. They can see a discrepancy in how people, even in the church, say people should be treated, but then turn and, if they turn, (laughs) they feel ignored. How then do we live? What is life? Let's read these last few verses. 9 through 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Aaron, we should have sung that song. (laughs) Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. We all agree all lives matter. It's probably not always the best idea when somebody says black lives matter to immediately respond, all lives matter. Remember what I said. They see a discrepancy in how we act. If all you do is reply all lives matter, you're basically saying, I don't need to listen to you right now. Just listen to my opinion. If we are fixated on, even fearful of where this country is headed, because here comes an election and we're offended and have heated discussion or even arguments over how certain elected officials are destroying our country if we know that those people are idiots who want to undermine our society. Notice I didn't mention Republicans or Democrats or any other. It's always, if your thought is, the other side. If that's how you react in an election year, are you trusting and believing our sovereign God who instituted our government? Are you building this community that he has called us to based on God's love? We see all of the protests, not all of the protests are about Black Lives Matter because what's the other big thing facing us right now? Pandemic. A lot of protests are, don't make me wear a mask. Don't tell me where I can and cannot go. Does wearing a mask affect your salvation? But what is life? Does not wearing a mask affect somebody else's salvation? May not affect your eternal life, but can it affect somebody else's What about those outside the church who hear Christians say they're pro-life, but we hear there's this virus going around killing us and all we're asking is for them to wear a mask. And you get in their face and say, don't tell me what to do. Is that your Christian freedom? Yeah. Is it Christian love? Am I saying you have to wear a mask everywhere you go? Am I saying everything that they're telling us is accurate, true, right? Turn on the news, you're gonna get a different response every day to what the science says on all of this. But we're not worrying about what the science says right now. We're not worrying about what the politicians say. We're really not even worrying what other people say. We're worrying, quote-unquote, about what are we doing to bring others to Christ. And if all you're going to do is rant and complain about everything we see that's wrong in this world, about the freedoms we're having taken away, just remember, first century Christians were burned alive. were hung from trees. Were crucified, tarred and feathered, boiled, and they were just asked to say it's okay to have other gods. We hear the cries of a lost world, and I have to ask are we pushing? our own understanding of life on others? Or are we letting them push their understanding on us? What is life? Genesis through Revelation, we find this one truth. We know that we are one human race. The church is the one place that should be fighting racism the hardest. We believe all humans came from Adam and Eve. But where is our unity? It is only found in Christ. There is enough malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander in this world. Do we really need to be adding more? Because we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. Once we were not a people and now we are a people. We are kings and queens. We are priests administering the sacraments of love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all of these things to a lost and hurting world. What's kind of interesting is that it says, Long for the pure spiritual milk. And the word for spiritual is Logicon, which is where we get our word, logic. We live in a world that has lost its collective mind. Where do we find our reasoning mind again? We turn to our great high priest and our king How did he restore logic to our mind? How does he bring peace and hope and love and faith to this world? We are told to have this mind among ourselves, which is ours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What is life? For the rest of the world, we see it playing out every day. But for the Christian... We are to do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ, we may be proud that we did not run in vain or labor in vain. We follow in our Lord's footsteps, humbly serving our fellow image bearers out of love given to us by God through His Holy Spirit, not grumbling, not complaining about how unfair or unjust or unsavory Our world is, but showing compassion, humility, and faithfulness to God's word. Our life is not our own, it was bought with the most important life. Grumbling and complaining and pointing fingers tears people apart. And how often have we seen it, even in the church? But we have been tasked to help build this living temple of God, the body of Christ, the church. We are His. We belong to Christ. Don't worry about what your government says. Obey laws. Don't worry what other people say. But be humble and show compassion. We draw closer to God by reading his word, abiding in his word, and living out his word in our everyday lives. You can't abide in his word if you're not reading it. You can't live it out if you don't know what it says. What is life? world says a lot of different things. But what does the word say? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you want life, You have to want Christ. The pure spiritual milk we get is that gospel that we are saved. And it definitely goes deeper. We hit a little bit on some of the deeper stuff today, but if you don't get that, the rest is worthless. What is life? Life is Christ. Now go and do likewise. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that even though we have pushed you away, we have spit in your face, we have slapped you, we have degraded your image by hating on each other, We have twisted your truth to make our own truths. And we have turned a blind eye to your created people. So forgive us for anything we have done intentionally or unintentionally. And we thank you that through the cross you have done that. So help us to trust And believe that you have saved us. For you have told us that all those who come to you cannot be plucked from your hand. Give us that assurance and help us to live out the truth of your word, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love each other as you have loved us. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, by your grace, and in your love. And as we are about to pass the baskets, we ask for your blessing on our giving. You said that you will bless those who give from a cheerful heart. So, Lord, we ask for your blessing now on this offering, on these people. But beyond money, may we offer ourselves to a lost and hurting world for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.